1: So I don't know how many times I've been to the Combine in Indianapolis. Let me say this. It's been a bunch and several decades worth to the point where when it started, there was about 12 of us standing outside of a Holiday Inn in downtown Indianapolis, freezing, hoping that Gil Brandt would bring us a player. <laughs> and now it's, you know, a couple hundred people later uh, in the media, if not a thousand. And, of course, this thing is mushroomed into a uh, live for TV event on the NFL Network ESPN. All of that. But in all the times I've been here, and I've been here through some pretty foul weather, right? Like February, end of February, early March in Indianapolis can be unpredictable. And you can get you can get snow, you can get rain, you can get sleet, and you can get sunshine all in the same day. I mean, that's that's kind of what Indianapolis is. But today I experienced something, and we will get to a point here. I experienced something I have not yet experienced in Indy. That would be about 55 mile an hour sustained winds just blowing like you can't believe. Dude, I almost got blown over walking to the JW Marriott, which is where everybody in the league is hanging out, uh, you know, at the bar, just kind of, you know, saying hello for the first time in a year and league people are there and GMs are there and scouts are there and coaches and PR people. And, just walking up to that hotel, it was incredible how much how much wind it was and it was like thirty eight degrees or thirty seven degrees, felt like about minus twenty seven. This is an ungodly place. And I love Indianapolis. I spent plenty of time here. There's great eating places. Um it's a walking town. It's it's usually fun this time of year, but man was it crazy. So are we calling Having that Hurricane that,
0: Roger or
1: I don't know. Like, Hurricane yeah, Hurricane Roger, yeah. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. I mean, it, it blew as hard as any tropical storm we've had in Florida, for sure. Um, but the combine is underway, and today, later today, we will have a chance to talk to both Jason Light and Todd Bowles, giving uh, their press conference. A lot of GMs, a lot of coaches will be doing that throughout the week. Um, really, most of them are, are today and tomorrow and I think Jason is going around 12.15 on the podium. Top ball is around 1 o'clock. We'll have a chance to sit down with them each uh, before or after their um, big media session. And you think about it, like Jason Light did not talk during the season, and that's not unusual for him unless there's something, you know, runs afoul. He, he generally doesn't have anything to say, but he hasn't addressed what happened in 2022. I'm interested to get his take on that. Of course, we're very close to free agency. We're close to March 7th when they have to decide whether to use a franchise tag, which I would think they would do on Jamal Dean if they use it. There's a lot of free agents. The agents are up here this week uh, representing all those free agents, 23 of them with the Bucs and, of course, throughout the league. You know who else is supposed to be here this week? Derek Carr is coming to Indy. Not to the Colts necessarily, although they need a quarterback, but coming up here to talk with several teams because all the teams are in one spot. So he'll have a chance to sit down. I wonder if the Bucs will even entertain that conversation with all the salary cap problems they have 50, some $56 million over the salary cap. They're going to start cutting players here soon. um, Renegotiating contracts that those talks will happen this week. So a busy week for sure. In addition to they get a chance to look at some draft picks and some potential draft picks, Um, some fascinating guys up here for Sure not the least of which, and I don't know that this will be right for the Bucs per se or that he'll still be available because I don't think he will. Um, Anthony Richardson is going to be the buzz of this combine in my opinion because he's one of the few quarterbacks who's actually going to work out and throw. And let me just tell you, in the Underwear Olympics, this guy is Bruce Jenner. right? Like He is going to completely dominate uh, every phase of it because of his athleticism, because of his arm strength. He's going to look great. And there'll be talk about him. And I saw a mock draft on CBS. I want to say it was where they had, and I'm not making this up a trade Chicago bears trading out of that spot because the bears, it looks more likely than not are going to keep Justin Fields and trade out of number one overall to the Detroit lions. And you know who their number one pick was One Anthony Richardson, you just don't see that many mock drafts and maybe it's complete crap, but uh, it's fun to think about. So, We've got a lot going on, as well as your mailbag questions, some Tampa Bay Lightning news, of course, with their trade. And so we'll get to all that here in just a second. But first, I want to tell you guys how to save money on your electric bill. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems now for 12 years. There's a lot of these companies out there. But May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. Here's what they do. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty, plus with every installation you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is what they call the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know who's doing the job. Those are Billy May's guys up there. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar. Here's the number, 727-819-2862. You can schedule for your estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of those appliances. It's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, so we heard from uh, Julian Breezebaugh about the lightning trade, so they seem happy about that. He said, we gave up a lot, but we thought it was worth it because we have sort of a commitment to this core to try to win as many Stanley Cups while we
0: can. Yeah, and he also made the point that, look, they're a high-scoring team. They don't necessarily need offense. They have one of the best power plays in hockey. They don't need help there. They needed help in making it harder to play against them. And he specifically mm-hmm. mentioned the Goudreau-Gord-Coleman line. Yeah. that were just pests yeah. to play against. And Janot mm-hmm. has a lot of those attributes. But he may, even, like, compare him to a barkley Goodrow. He's probably faster and stronger. He's definitely bigger than Goudreau. Now, will he be uh, be as productive? I mean, you know, we like to sit there and talk about how great Barclay Goodrow was here, and he was, but he didn't score a lot offensively. And you know, a lot of people have looked at Jeno this year, and his, his points are down this year, but that's not why the the Bolts traded for him. And Julian talked about the Tigers. Look, we need to be harder to play against, which is what we went out and did. That's why we we got this guy. And yeah, they give up a lot of picks, but who knows if those picks amount to anything? You know, And they've got a core right now that can win. And odds are they didn't make this move. I mean, he's a restricted free agent at the end of the year, which means they'll have control of him for next year. My guess is later this season, the offseason, you're going to see them sign to another six-, seven-, eight-year deal, kind of like what they did with Nick Paul. Yeah, right. You know, this isn't a rental. This isn't a two year, you know, one-and-a-half-year plan. This is a long-term plan that – You know, there was talk that Nashville was talking to him about a six-year deal around two mil a year. Maybe that's the kind of the deal you give him here, and now you've got Mm -hmm. six, seven years of control of him at a reasonable cap hit, while you still have this core of Kucherov and Hedman and Sergachev and Vasilevsky all in point. You know, all under contract for many years to come, and that's kind of the vision they see. Is it a risk? It is. You know, they gave up a lot for a guy in the second year, but much like Nick Paul, much like Barkley Goodrow, much like Brendan Hagel, you kind of have to trust the Lightning. You know, they see something in the guy that made it worth that much. And and so far, when they make those moves, they haven't been wrong very
1: often. No, they haven't. No, they really haven't. And, and I think that's why they've been to three straight Stanley Cups and won two of them. Um, they, they also – know that the core that this guy is going to play with Mm -hmm. and it may take him some time to adjust like it did nick paul like it did hagel um but in the end he's going to be playing with better players and and i would agree with you like i heard i guess it was breeze ball maybe somebody else talking about how you know the other night they got blasted obviously they gave up a ton of goals and they've given up some goals this year and at times they've looked like that team that could outscore you no question would run up and down the ice all day But they weren't hard to play, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. In their best years, when they won the Stanley Cup, they were incredibly hard to play because if they got up on you, even by a goal, certainly two in the third quarter, they choked you out. It was over, right, between the goaltender and the way they played defense and their ability to control the puck. They just won battles, and, and you were not coming back ever. And you just knew the game was over. And that's kind of what they got need to get back to, right? Like that's mm-hmm. kind of the playoff hockey grind it out, um, make a one goal lead stand up. that's that's not what I've seen enough of this year from them and, and it's probably because they've had a lot of you know changes um, throughout the last year or two. but if this guy can help them get back to that, and he's also a
0: tough guy, right Steve I mean he's a guy that's he's gotten in some fights now. last year he led the NHL in fights. this year he's I think third. He's fourth in yeah. hits in the NHL. Yeah. Uh two hundred and thirteen pound winger. I mean, he's a big big boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it'll it's gonna you know what's really gonna be interesting is the Lightning now have thirteen forwards. Wow. Who sits out each night? Right it's gonna be some good scratches there. You know, I mean, we saw earlier in the season when they claimed uh Rudy Balsers from the Panthers, who was on waivers. Right. Right. And the bottom six's production kind of got better. Because mm-hmm. all of a sudden guys were going to start sitting. Now some injuries. I yeah, don't inc- want to sit. Including an injury yeah. to Balsers, which now he's in Syracuse and, you know, could come up and help in the playoffs as well. Mm-hmm. He's been in Syracuse since he got back from injury. You know, but that competition on the bottom, you know, are you going to sit Nomestikov. Are you going to sit Corey is what Perry? I would say. Yeah. Are you going to mm-hmm. sit Belmar. Would you sit Pat Maroon? Yeah. Yeah. Ross yeah. Colton's on the bottom set. I mean, you know, who are you gonna it's it, it, and, and, it and, competitive. And it yeah. maybe, you know, everybody takes a turn for a little bit. So they kind of figure out where he fits in and slots in line wise, cetera. But everyone's gonna be battling for playing time and ice time, and that's gonna make you better. hmm And and I don't think I don't think John Cooper and his staff are worried about the bottom six scoring goals. It's our, no are you keeping them out of your end? And not just the there goals go. out of your end, are you keeping the other team out of your end? Right. Can you hold the puck? Can you yep. can you create havoc? So I mean time will tell whether they paid too much and whether this is a good deal, but you like the type of player they're getting. And if they're if they put that much into it, then you've got to you gotta assume that they plan to sign him long term and they're very mm-hmm. confident in what they've got in him.
1: Well, and they had limitations, right? They're not uh-huh. a team with their salary cap situation. They just go out and rent a player, right? Pay them whatever. Had to be money, for money in months. for money out. I mean, anything That's you brought in, you be. had to go out. That's right. So they had strict parameters because of that. And here's what I like the most about it is this. And I, listen, we no one knows how this is going to work out ultimately, right? They haven't missed on many. The fact is they know with that goaltender – and and guys like Kucherov and Stamkos and Hedman and Point and others, they're absolutely going to have a look at this. And they need to do everything they can. There isn't, you know, hockey necessarily, unless you have Gretzky or you've got, you know, Ovechkin or somebody, it's it, there's, there's not a Tom Brady on this team, right, per se. But it's, it's Brady-esque in that this is their window still open, right? They've kept it open They managed to keep their core together. Yeah, they've lost some big pieces like Goudreau and others. Um, But at the end of the day, this core is here, and it's it's able to win a Stanley Cup. It has a chance. And I'm sorry, but you don't apologize for doing everything you can, spending draft equity, spending whatever assets you have to, to try to get there again, right? Get back there and see if you can win it again. That's all they're doing here, mm-hmm. is they're they're trying to push themselves back to the Stanley Cup and win it. And and what else are you playing for? I I, I love that they're, again with tons of limitations because so many of these players have gotten big deals and yep. they're up against it all the time salary cap wise. But they're not they're not settling. You know what I mean? Well, they're just not settling.
0: Greg Linnelli made an impassioned uh, on on Lightning Radio earlier today, on Monday. For the fans that are griping about they gave up too much, and what about you know the draft picks three years from now, et cetera? Why not focus on today? Exactly. There's only two. You've today. won two cups, you you were two overtime games away from winning a third cup last year. That's right. That's right. And a one oh lead in game six. Yeah. And, and if you look at the standings this year, you want to go points percentage or points, they're about the fifth best team in hockey right now. Enjoy this year. I mean, they're going for it again. That's what you want. I mean, that's exactly what you're not you playing want. for 2027. No, 2028. No. I mean, you know, that, that that pick three years from now that they gave up the first round pick. You know, assuming it's not a top 10 pick, which is protected against. You're probably not playing in the NHL till 2027, 2028, 2029. And, and not saying they that they, the, the organization shouldn't be looking ahead to that. Because they they do have to plan for today and tomorrow, but right. the, the goal is rings. Well, and you know who's not on that team with that with that draft
1: pick? Stamkos isn't on that team. Hedman, Hedman is not, team. not yeah. on that team. Yeah, right. Maybe Kutra. I don't know how long is he going to play. I mean, yeah. Alex
0: Kalorn's not on that team. They have a special yeah. core, and we've seen it. And and as long as they're together and still in their prime. You've seen Julian Breezeball's commitment to do whatever it takes to go for it.
1: And that's exactly the job. And that's what he should be doing because it's not about and and we're gonna have this discussion this year with the Bucks, you know they're gonna to have to pay the bill, right? Mm-hmm. And it's coming due. And, you know, like Derek Carr's in Indianapolis this week talking to a bunch of teams. Will they talk to Tampa Bay? Mm, probably not. And it's because they have too many, you know, salary cap situations, $56 million over right now. But you don't apologize for that. Like, you don't say, well, yeah, I really fell off. I mean, geez, we're all the way back to. Listen, you would do it again. What a carpet ride. You got a trophy, man. You
0: got the Lombardi. You Only one of 32 teams get a trophy at the end of each season.
1: That's it. That is it. And what else are you playing for? Are you playing to make the playoffs every year? That'd be great right because the the theory is and this is always Tony Dungy's theory is that hey if we can make the playoffs every year if we're the team that everyone's talking about being relevant and we get in the tournament one year or two we're going to break through and we're going to win it all and that's a that's a very noble pursuit and what exactly what you should do however if you tend to spend a little capital to get there now because you know that the core is good and you have Tom Brady um and you you know go out and spend some capital on guys that don't have many years left or you extend guys to try to keep free agents. That's that's what you're supposed to do. And it didn't work. You know, it came very close the year after they won the Super Bowl. I still say, you know, if not for a horrific defense against Cooper Cup, they probably win that game in overtime and and go to the Super Bowl and win it against the Bengals. But they went for it. And that's the job. The job is to win chips. The job is to win the Lombardi, you're not playing just to be a team that's always in the playoffs or wins their division. You know that's great. You know what? That's the Tennessee Titans, right? Uh, the, you know, it's Jeff Fisher. There's a lot of teams that do that. I'm sure there's teams in hockey that do yeah, that. It's Jeff Fisher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nine and seven, ten and six. Se- you know, always gets there but doesn't get beyond the first or second round. That's not as safe as death, right? That's the old Totorella thing. Like, ah man, you go for it, you're trying to win it all. You're trying to win it all and then when it, when it comes time and you have to dismantle it, you do it in a way that you still and this is the other thing, like and I credit the Lightning for this. While they've kept the core together, they brought a ton of guys through Syracuse up into this team, right? Like I think Ross Colton is a good is a good player. Mm-hmm. You know, and how many guys have come up you know, from from their minor leagues and and contributed right away, and it become part of the core, right? I mean, Brayton Point wasn't always what he is today, and then the trades for Hagel and 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 you know those guys. I mean, it's a good organization. They know what they're doing, and I'm glad that they're going for it. And maybe this is all they can do given their salary cap restrictions, and maybe it'll work out, and maybe it won't. But by God, I like the fact that they're going to. Not sit on their hands and be satisfied. That's a cool thing. So this was something you told me a few minutes ago before we went on the podcast, and it, it it's never good. Tyler Glass now
0: is hurt. Threw six pitches in a batting practice session on Monday. Oblique. Ugh. Ugh. May miss a little bit of time, which could put opening day in jeopardy for him. Mm. Although okay, I got two,
1: you, you know, you and I talked. It's not yeah. the elbow. That's the big. My first concern was you said he was hurt, and I and and when I heard it wasn't his elbow, even though the oblique is slow to heal and it can knock you out for weeks and weeks and months. I was still like, okay, all right, you know, it's not the arm. It's part of his body. He's a big dude. Like this is not good, but it will heal. It's just going to take a, a ton of time. So I feel better about that than if you'd have told me it was a shoulder or an elbow, especially something like that. That right arm is what is, is the money, money maker. So here's the other thing that I've been impressed with so far, it's early in spring, obviously. They got some other dudes coming up behind these guys, right? And I mean glass, glass now would have been their ace, I think. Either him and McClanahan, right? Mm-hmm. Um But you've still got a pretty deep pitching staff, starting staff. And then there's also some young guys that could step up if they needed to are looking promising. It's early in the spring training, obviously. But that's the one thing about the Rays, man. They never seem to be short on pitchers. Um, But it would have been great to start the season. And I don't know if they'll be able to do that now with a guy like Glass now. with
0: Here's the one thing, and and I don't want to say it's a silver lining or a good news out of this because anytime someone's hurt, it's not good news. Right. But odds are Glassnell's on a pitch limit this this year. You would think, yeah. You know, coming off the Tommy John and that. So if he misses a little time early in the season, is that the end of the world? Instead of later in the season have to limit him when you're in a pennant chase, hopefully? And like I said, I don't want to say it's good news because it's, you know, like I said, any injury's not. But at some point this season you were either going to skip starts, Limit how many innings in a start he's going to save innings. Mm-hmm. If he misses, if he if he gets a little slow start to the season and maybe doesn't start opening day, and you know his spring training workout starts a few weeks from now, essentially, yeah. assuming he's going to miss some time with this, and I we don't know that yet, but it's not necessarily it's not all bad for the race when you've got McClanahan and Eflin and Rasmussen and Springs. Mm-hmm. And you got Taj Bradley and you got other pitchers and you got you know more young guys and guys like Louis Patino that yeah. you don't know what to do with and, and so many others, right? So, you know, like I said, you don't want him hurt because you just don't you don't know if it's going to be a really long injury. You have no idea. But if it took him out for three to four weeks That gives him more innings on the back end. Exactly. You're what not you not having to limit it. August him September. so much later in the season, so yeah. Like I said, until we know the extent of the injury, you can't really speculate sure, that. Can. But yeah. but he's not going to pitch 200 innings this year. Right. right. So somewhere along the line, you were going to rest him some or limit him. Mm-hmm. So if he pitches five months of the year instead of six. Right. And it's not the arm. It's not the elbow. It's
1: not the shoulder. Yep. It's not the wrist. It's like, okay, it's part of his body, and he torques it and obviously gets velocity out of it and all that. So it's important. And it's slow to heal, and that's not good. But, man, it's that it's that multi million dollar right wing man that you got to protect. So, you're right. Um, they'll have to find a way to win this game. By the way, and listen, this means absolutely nothing because if the guy had gone up there and struck out three times, it wouldn't mean anything. But I like the way Wander Franco started his spring. You think? Bomb in the first time up, double off the wall in the second time up. Pretty nice. Pretty good bat.
0: If he could just stay but healthy. Rosarena
1: also had a big day in spring training yeah, today. If they, if they
0: can stay healthy. I mean, that's that, going to be the whole key to the Rays lineup this year because they didn't add bats. Hmm. Right. Is those guys, the Margot's, the Francos, the Rosarinas, they've got to stay healthy. Yeah, Diaz, all those guys. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they can't have Brendan Lau out for half the season. Right, right. You know, he also looks good swinging the yeah, bat. They've got to stay healthy because they didn't add those bats, so
1: right. And that's tough because they they haven't shown that they can do that. I I, I really do believe that Wander can do it. Um, the COVID year hurt him the way he trained necessarily. You know, in some freakish things that occurred, you he can't help it with the hammock bone or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but but he's a young player who needs to be available to his team, like. Because as you get older in in baseball, sports in general, you usually don't get less injured and more productive. It usually goes the other way. At some point, you're going to get over 30 years old, and you're going to see your numbers decline and the number of games you play decline. You can't have that when you're a young player. Young players have to play and be available. And if he is, he's going to put up ridiculous numbers, ridiculous numbers. Um, And so that's the key to him. But that's all part of the process, right? How many guys come to the NFL don't know how to take care of their bodies? they've never been on their own before. They get to the league and they have all this money and time. They didn't have time at school because they were in school. They were coat, they are playing football, they didn't school. They come here in the NFL, now you're sitting around, you don't cook for yourself. So you're going out to fast food, you're eating a lot of bad food, you're getting gaining weight, you know. Time and money is, is, is not necessarily the way to go. And you know, and I'm not saying that Franco was guilty of this or not. But you gotta learn to be a pro. You gotta learn to prepare yourself uh, to be available to your team. You know the old best ability is availability and and that's that's how important he is, right? So his job, okay, his value to this ball club is to play hundred and thirty games. You know that's that's really what they need him to do. Um, because if he does that, he's talented enough to make a huge impact and be an all star and all those things. But he's just got to be available, and whatever that takes, you know, sleep, diet, whatever it is, you've got to do it because they're paying you to do it. You're that important, so hopefully that message has come through, um, and and he's able to. Because if he have, if he ever does put together a whole year, he's gonna have MVP like numbers. I mean that's that's how talented he is. So it's good good start to go out there and, and uh, get a couple of knocks right away like that. That was pretty cool. All right, so we got some mailbag questions we can hit uh before we get out of here on this uh pre-combine
0: combine eve, I guess you would say it is. Yeah, we'll start with some combine questions or NFL. Kyle had uh, tweeted us. He says with Carson Wentz being released by Washington, do you think the Bucks would look to bring him in to compete with Trask? Listen,
1: um there's not many quarterbacks I think you would eliminate from it. a lot of this is going to be not just only you know who fits right like you know what are you looking for in that position first of all you want competition okay so you want whoever comes in here um to absolutely push the player in front of them and so you know that can be a number of veterans that that doesn't have to be a guy that's necessarily high priced you know or an established starter somewhere else um the thing about Wentz is he hasn't been consistent and played great football now for a long time. You know, going back to the Super Bowl year when he didn't get to finish the season because of an injury and he, he was like a rookie of the year candidate, 33 touchdowns, whatever it was, and Nick Foles came in and, and you know, won it with the Philly Special and beat New England and all that. Um, he's a talent. I think it's the six inches between his ears that has gotten him. And I don't know that he's been in necessarily, you know, the best positions with some teams. But he's just a guy at this point, right? He's like everybody else. He's in the mix. Uh, contractually, he's going to have to take a step back, so he might be in the Bucks range from that standpoint. I just don't know what they think of him. You know, to me, Carson Wentz coming in here, I don't think you'd say, "Ooh." There's a guy that could take the job from college. And I think you'd rather go with a young Trask and let him make mistakes than go with Wentz when you already know what his mistakes are. So I would try to find a more productive quarterback of late, right? If you're going to go in the in the in sort of the bargain basement aisle, maybe that's Jacoby Brissett, right? Maybe that's Taylor Heineke. Maybe it's somebody like that that's won games, played well against you, beat you. Um you know what they were up against because you game planned for them. Um Carson Wentz, I, I'm just not sure that the tape is good. And I'm not sure that the overall feeling is good about his confidence level and who he is. So I would be a pass, but that's not to say, you know, it's the old thing. We got a national search. Well, he's in the nation, right? He's He's part of it, but... Not surprising he got released, but he's been with, what, three teams in three years? looking for his fourth team in four.
0: That's eh, usually not a good sign. All right, starf tweeted, How would Mike White look in a Bucks uniform for 2023? He looked
1: like the kid that was coming home, like the prodigal son, playing at uh, Raymond James like he did for USF, only now even better. Like Mike White did some nice things with the Jets, man, and he was like, sort of the adoptive favorite up there because number one, he won some games and that's what they're looking for you to do. Yeah. I mean, there's a place for a Mike white on a team that carries four quarterbacks, right? I don't know that I'd want him as my number two necessarily just because he doesn't have a ton of extended starting experience, but I I mean, it wouldn't be a hard sell for him, right? To come back to Tampa. Somebody like that, like a Drew Locke, like him, there's going to be a guy, right, that's going to fall into that backup slash, you know, third quarterback role um, that we will have heard from, right, Gardner Minshew. Like there's a lot of dudes out there. Um, But White would be a good story. I'd write that story. I'd sure as heck write that story. Going back to Raymond James, heck yeah, why not?
0: All right, we'll wrap up on this tonight, and then we could take some more questions for tomorrow. But Joe had tweeted, said if the Bucks don't make the playoffs this year and whoever the quarterback is doesn't live up to the bill, could you see us being one of the teams next year that's aggressive in trading up for either Caleb Williams or Drake May, assuming we don't land one of the top two picks? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, if it goes the way you
1: described it, where Kyle Trask just doesn't seem like he's the guy, and even though he'll just have his one year of starting, um but again I think this is about finding somebody not just for this year but for the next three to five years or is this more importantly you're gonna ask yourself, is this somebody that we can win a Super Bowl with? Um the problem with saying do we just go for it with Caleb Witt? like, yeah, you'd have to lose a hell of a lot of games. I mean this is the thing, like nobody wants to be in that position unless they've traded their way up there, right? Um because it means that you're one of the worst teams in football, uh, and it's usually more than just the quarterback that gets you there, to where you can take that quarterback. So I'm not sure that the Bucks want to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Uh, even though that a, a franchise quarterback like that, if he hits it, can absolutely turn your fortunes around. I'm not saying that he wouldn't, but
0: it's it's not something you want to write down as a goal. You know um was it at the bills I, gm that this year said i don't want to suck bad enough to draft a jamar i don't Chase? want to suck
1: bad enough to, yeah to get you yeah exactly they they walk up to micah parsons or they walk up to josh allen or whoever and they you know and and say exactly that like i'd never want to have to experience that sort of pain to be in range to draft a quarterback and usually when you do your team is is worse than you thought it's more unproductive than you thought um there's enough good players on this team that I don't think... And I don't know this, but I don't think they're going to lay down. I don't think that they're going to have a double-digit or, you know, 13-loss season, like something like that. I, I would be disappointed as a Bucks fan if that happened because they still have talent. This is not a team without talent. Now, they need to resign some of it for sure, um, but they shouldn't fall off the map completely. But, yeah, if you... You know, if you do find yourself in that situation, by all means, feel free to take the the, the franchise guy, right? And and that's certainly going to, it looks like it's going to be Williams a year from now. I, I, only guy I've seen tank, uh, really was Lovey Smith. And I don't know that it's in the DNA of anybody else. You hear this a lot tank for Trask, right? Just go ahead and throw him out there, let him lose every game, and then we'll draft a quarterback next year. Um, I don't that's not a great strategy, but it does happen. And look, if if trash does not play well, if he's unproductive and they have to replace him with a veteran and he doesn't play well, they absolutely will be using draft capital on a quarterback if they can find one. There's no question because that's the most important uh, position in sport, period. All right, we'll have time for some more uh, mailback questions tomorrow. You can send those in anytime, actually. You can send them to us on Twitter at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. My email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Today, it's a big day because both Todd Bowles and Jason Light will be speaking at the NFL Combine for Jason Light around 12-15. First time he's talked about last season and falling short against the Dallas Cowboys. Tom Brady retiring all the things that he went through, the 23 free agents, what are they going to do moving forward? And then Todd Bowles will be available around 1 o'clock in Indianapolis, and we'll have a chance to listen to him talk about the decisions he made on the coaching staff uh, as well as what his plans are at the quarterback position going forward. So lots going on tomorrow in Indianapolis. Check it out on TampaBay.com and in the Tampa Bay Times as well.